Hey everyone, welcome to the Guri Show podcast. Today we have Emily Regan on the show. Emily is a jewel of all trades when it comes to digital marketing and techie skills. She has worked as a behind-the-scenes digital media implementer and virtual assistant for a decade for online business owner clients. She's a mom of four, Air Force wife, and founder of the digital media VA Crash Course, where she teaches women the digital marketing skills to get hired online as a unicorn virtual assistant in her digital media VA Crash Course. Now, this episode is for both entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs, or solopreneurs who are looking to hire their best fit VA, and also for VAs who are looking to get hired or looking to develop the best skills that can be most profitable to them. So stay tuned. I hope you enjoy listening to what Emily has to share, and I'm trust me. She has dropped some golden nuggets. She has dropped some tips. And I'm sure you're going to love those and enjoy those. So stay tuned till the end of the episode. And if you're looking to check out Emily's website or her social media, the link is in the description or on the notes. So go ahead and visit her website. But before that, listen to the whole episode and do subscribe to the Guri Show podcast. Now it's like the next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember it was like I we we were supposed to meet in November, and then it was already one month when I when I thought of connecting with you, and I was like, it's been a month already. You know, she she she'd be thinking. If I send this email to her, that oh my god, I I asked I was supposed to meet you on thirtieth, and then now you're you're replying after yeah. a month. <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny? Uh, my yeah. kid has an orthodontist appointment, and I I was like, oh crap! I was like, I am not rescheduling on you, and uh, my husband's gonna go do it, so we're fine. But it was just it was just like life, life. It's just yeah. hard. Yeah, schedule stuff and follow through sometimes. But um, yeah. I have some notes. I'm pulling up some of my notes that I um, made to talk with you today. Okay, here it is. Yeah. But you know, yeah. you're, you're, looking, um, you're looking like, you know, you've worked a lot, like in the past three or four months, like last time, since the last time we talked. Yeah, I think that things are going well. And I'm working for doing my Evergreen webinar. But I, it's so funny you say that because I feel like I'm moving so slow. <laughs> You know, just with like kids in school and I only really get a couple hours when you look at it. But um, yeah, I feel like, you know how it is, that snowball, it just takes a little bit. Yeah. But if I can get this webinar, this evergreen stuff up and not have to do a live launch for a while, because we're still in virtual school here. Right, um, right. I think I'll make my life easier, but... <laughs> and like, we all know that live launches just take, you know, so much energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, and you, you have to, you have to book yourself all day long. I know, and I don't. I just don't have the time right now. So it, it's really hard to find time just to record, just to complain to you for a second. My husband moved his office in here. I'm. This is actually our bedroom. I don't have like a dedicated office in this house, and it's a temporary place. But um, now he's in here, and now I really can't <laughs> record anything. So I'm just trying to do 
okay with it. But what about you? What's been new with you? I have grown so much, um, both in the sense of, you know, like in the sense like making money and other than that, connecting to my audience. So it's Good. just, I think we grow, we grow with time. That kind of develops yeah. with time, you know, you're connecting with your audience and that whenever you write something out, it's, it's not always for testing it out. It's, it's kind of, it improves, your messaging improves. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's ha- happened a lot with me. Good, good. I kind of did and, the same thing my last live launch. I'm like, I'm just going to get better at my messaging and really try to dial that in because that's, I mean, we know that's the core of an offer, right? Yeah, but yeah. it's so hard and um, it's so important and I'm still doing it. I'm, I'm still trying to like figure out like who is my person. And you know, I, last time we talked, I remember... And you helped me a lot on a few things. Like I, I remember that you went through my whole sales page and all. Uh, and you know, at that time, I wanted to like help with my audience with everything I knew, like all right. of my knowledge. I wanted to just help my people. And then with time, I realized that it's fine if I can just help them with you know just one skill and you know one element, maybe my speciality. And yeah. so I slowed down. I was like, okay, you know, take a step back and just <laughs> help people with what you know. I mean, we are your speciality and not like what you know, because you know a lot. You, you learn a lot on this journey. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's my so biggest good. learning. <laughs> so what are you focusing on then? What, what did you decide that, that answer was? Creating a, a great course. You know, basically, yeah. and you. Rem- I think you remember as well that I've uh, sent you this email, and I mentioned in that email that you know this is my, this is where I am right now. This is what I'm selling yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, because that's. I think that's my speciality. I may kind of cr- change it into, uh, you know, the the bigger offer, like the launching and the marketing and all of that. Yeah. Uh, maybe down the road. This year, maybe after a few months, but right now it's just how to create. Okay, a, okay, a good that, that makes more sense to me. Um, yeah. Hearing you say that because there are there are so many elements of it. It's easy to mm, want to offer yeah. Yeah. offer it all, and I mean I still struggle with that because <laughs> when your knowledge is vast and it's exciting, you know, to yeah. help with the different aspects. But that is so good, and it's so interesting when it comes to courses that people get so stuck when it comes to like getting that content out of them and delivering it. And some of us, we're not like educators by trade. So that's a hard process and probably the most crucial, right? (laughs) To have a good, good foundation. And it seems so simple. Like it's, it seems like an easy question or maybe like a a question whose, whose answer would be easier. You know, it seems like that, that, okay, how to yeah. create a course and you just, okay, let's just create five modules, just add five lessons and that's it. But yeah. then there are two, three things. Uh, for instance, I help clients, you know, uh, create kind of chunk their, you know, raw content into digestible pieces. And that is, that to me seems like an easy task, but to them, it's like, it's 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 a big they're like they're moving the big rock and they cannot do that alone <laughs> yes I yeah. love I love that um I'm as I, we're talking I'm like okay 
when I have you on my show, let's, let's do that topic. Like three, what, what did you just say? It was, it was not digestible pieces. Yeah. Right before that though, it was like three in my head. I'm sorry. I'm like scatterbrained mom right now. Um, but thinking (laughs) about, I'm trying to think of like three, what is the noun? Oh my goodness. <laughs> that three parts of like a good course, like three requirements, yeah, three yeah. Um, signs of a good course, like something like that, uh, that my students could bring to their clients when they're struggling making that thing. And then, yeah. you know, that puts you obviously in a position to like coach on that. But yeah. I like that because people get can, so yeah. stuck on the marketing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I was a, like, I can say, speak so much on that. I can talk so much on that. It's, it's just that today's your day. <laughs> no. I need to keep shut. <laughs> yeah, you do. Okay. Sorry. I'm just getting off. I'm getting off on topic. Yeah. 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 No, me too. Me too. I think we have this, both of us have this, you know, we love chatting and we, you know, we have this tendency to go sideways. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Keep me on track here. Yeah. I'll try. And... <laughs> So I think we, we wanted to talk about how, you know, new coaches or coaches that don't have that much of time in a day or in a week, or the yeah. coaches or course creators only want to spend like three hours a, a day or, you know, something like that. Uh, they definitely need VAs and also people who are, um, you know, up-leveling their business or, you know, upgrading themselves from a six-figure to a seven or eight-figure coach, they also need a team and they need um, credible and, um, um, you know, good VAs. So I want to know from you, because I'm, I'm probably one of those who struggle to kind of train their VAs, you know, and hire VAs in the first place. <laughs> so yeah. what do you have to say about that? Like, I, you're, you're the ninja. Yeah. I think so many of us start off as a solopreneur trying to do everything and do things um, cost efficiently, right? We're trying to keep our expenses down. And quite often we just end up in the weeds and overwhelmed and burn out and doing all the things and not really making those big moves forward because there's things that just take up so much time that we don't even realize. And I don't mean the distractions that are happening Mm. But just the effort it takes to show up consistently to put your in, put yourself in a position to be able to sell. Like right now, we're being told as course creators, as business owners, to show up every day on Instagram with the mm. stories. You know, we're supposed to be putting out a signature piece of content, whether that's a blog or a video blog or um, and then on top of that, have an email, right? So that takes yeah. like so much effort and that stuff alone, I think we think, oh, we got this. But when you get into the, um, details of that work, it's time consuming and 100%. yeah, it, and it is, that is quite often the first task I say to hand off because you have to picture yourself in the future. Like uh, when you are that business owner and you have a team, even if it's a small team, it doesn't have to be this huge 15 person team, you have to be thinking about what tasks would you be focusing on then at that point in your business and start acting like that now. And it's so scary in the now, right? Because it takes money and it takes investment. And I see so many business owners get caught up in that 
what is that going to cost me instead of thinking about what is the opportunity and the traction I'm going to gain by having other people. Like they look at their teammates as draining money. And we know at the beginning it's hard. (laughs) And this is why I was still doing client work while I was getting my course going. Right. Cause I wanted to like pay for Kajabi and my (laughs) too. I do that too. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I also love the client work. I have a hard time saying no anyway, but um, that I think, I really think that that is, hard on people in the beginning, but that's probably the most crucial time to get a team together. And so many people think, oh, I've got to have all these people right away. And what I teach is hiring somebody who's just a whip smart go-getter who can help you implement. Like I love the word implementer because sometimes you don't even know what you need. And so many people are hot and bothered by this topic of an integrator, online business manager. But before you get there, you have to be yeah. having somebody help you with the task. And this isn't hiring your friend's 16-year-old daughter, right, to help you with social media. Uh, it's hiring somebody who gets it and can help you move forward. And you need a balance of somebody who compliments you, right? With, you know, somebody, if, a lot of business owners are kind of a hot mess. They're, a little, they're the visionary. They're the creative. They have all <laughs> the ideas. And finding someone that can balance you a little bit in the yeah, the type a way yeah oh my gosh but it, you don't have to swing all the way but just someone enough who can bring you in is crucial but then you need that person who can actually do the task so i see a lot of mistakes happening when business owners hire in general and a lot of times they um, don't realize that they could find somebody who has that well-roundedness and this is why i call them the unicorn i know you've heard me say that yeah. but somebody somebody who's like bringing things to the table from their past experience. They have uh, common sense. They're able to figure things out and follow through, have attention to detail. They can learn, <clears throat> excuse me, they can learn your tech stack. They can learn how you do things, but you really want to hire for that attitude and that mindset of someone who's like, I will just take care of it. Because in the beginning stages, yeah. you don't know. And that's, that's the hard part. So, yeah, um, I feel like I get so passionate about this because I've seen this happen over the years as as clients came to me. And the reason why they came to me was they liked my well-roundedness and the fact that I can help with different aspects of it. But at some point in time, they need somebody better, right? They need a specialized ads manager. They might might need to up-level to somebody who's a better designer or website designer, so at the beginning, yeah. that unicorn is a great solution for getting to you know point B. And so many business owners get locked on the fact that, well, I need somebody who has years of experience in ConvertKit. They need to know Stripe. They need to know all this like huge <laughs> list of like what they require. And I'm like, in reality, that person, that freelancer who's only going to work a couple hours a week for you does not exist. <laughs> like they are charging... <laughs> well over $100 an hour. They're yeah. probably not even taking clients. They've probably specialized in their one thing if they're any good at it. And you need to find that perfect like unicorn who can do a little bit of everything, but be figuring it out. So the tech stack is learnable. Like I'll have clients come to me and I need someone who only knows active campaign. And honestly, 
I haven't worked an active campaign. Well, I do now. I now have two clients and I I said yes to them because I wanted to learn it because I'm like forever learning. But for a while there, I'm like, you, I would be, they wouldn't even, they probably wouldn't even consider me if they were just looking on paper, but it's not about what's on paper. It's about what's in their brain and how, how I can apply what I've learned in the past. I can use Google and YouTube (laughs) and I know how to like the basic functions of email service platforms, like whatever worked on ConvertKit and Entreport is going to be very similar in active campaign. And they need to hire someone who's going to say, I got this. I'll figure it out. Don't you worry. So that's probably like the number one mistake I see. Mm -hmm. And so you have, you have any, any, um, any favorite of the existing like ESPs? Uh, do I know? I feel <laughs> honestly, I feel like every every single platform, the grass is not greener. There's always something you mm. wish it would do that it doesn't. And right now, honestly, I'm using Kajabi because I have set up so many different tech stacks for people and then had to go back and fix it once they realized like that was not a smart decision and they were too afraid to invest in the right tools. So we do like a patchwork yeah. job. And so when it came to my business, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go all in. And I just went Kajabi. But honestly, I'm not happy. The email right now, the deliverability is not great. And I think about jumping ship to like ConvertKit or I'm actually really liking ActiveCampaign. Yeah, yeah. It's my personal favorite. Oh, really? <laughs> that's I why to, I asked you. <laughs> oh, that's why I need to explore it more. Like I, I, I researched a lot. And so I, I just had two clients on uh, one I'm working with more of an ongoing basis. And the more I get into it, I'm like, Ooh, I think this might have everything I need. So yeah, I like that. I, I, I totally, I think I'm, I'm a, I'm a big active campaign fan because, and you know, in, in the beginning, I used to love I used to use a lot, um, you know, get response. Oh, okay. But the, the good thing about get response is that it has got that, you know, soothing in serial dashboard. And you feel oh. like this is it. This has everything that I always needed. <laughs> and, but that's, you know, that's all the good thing about it. You, you see a good dashboard. Pretty. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you just have to, <laughs> that's the word. Uh, if you if you're looking for some you know um, kind of custom complex automations like tagging in triggers, yeah. then you have to just keep on up, upgrading the plan. So you just keep on paying them more and more money. So then I moved to Active Campaign, and initially I felt I thought Active Campaign is not going to be a good choice for me because I just felt that it's it's dull compared to you know, get response. But then eventually it was, it was, you know, the winner. Like now oh. I keep on suggesting everyone that go for active campaign because you'd never face deliverability issues and, you know, different things. And you like have tagging features and you can, yeah, we, I don't want this to be a active campaign, <laughs> uh, you know, a session, but then, yeah, yeah. That's my take on it in case I you're still dinner. thinking. <laughs> I love nerding out on the techie stuff, but it's, it sounds like active campaign is your workhorse. And for me, I need, I need that robust tagging system. Like I don't want to send emails Mm. to people who are in the middle of a nurture, you know, series. Yeah. yeah, So far, I'm loving it too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you have that. MailChimp, I think I, I, people, 
often um, recommend Mailchimp to new uh, entrepreneurs, yeah, and especially the solopreneurs. But then Mailchimp has its own limitations. Oh gosh, so not never used it. <laughs> they, have, they have done some upgrades lately. That, but again, you have to add on and pay for mm. it. So it's a little bit better. Their automations are called journeys. So I, I was, I was impressed the last client I had who used it, but here's the thing. It needs to be easy for the client to use. And some clients just yeah. are not ready. They're not like convert kit is not easy to learn at the beginning. Yeah. It's just like confusing enough. It's like, um, active campaigns are very similar. It's not as pretty. And you kind of really have to understand what you're trying to do big picture. I actually recommend Mailer Lite to a lot of beginning business owners. And it's, it has a lot of drag and drop templates that make it easy. Okay. But the, the hold up there, even I know we said we'd not go down this rabbit hole, but I'm going. Uh, the hold up <laughs> there is the clients have to have a domain. They have to have that website bought. So sometimes when they haven't quite started yet, it's not the best yeah. solution. When I, when I find people really early... But um, I'm actually in love with Mailer Life for that reason, and it's like free for up to two thousand contacts. Oh, like, it's awesome! Yeah. That's that's great. That's great. Yeah, it's a good beginners. Good beginners. Yeah. Thing. I don't know anything about Drip. I haven't used Drip yet. And uh, is it Flowdesk? Um, Flowdesk. They look- yeah, Flowdesk is is. I think it's it's too feminine and good beginner, for. I think. Yeah, yeah. But I I like the templates. I just you know, tried it for the sake of seeing what's in there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was like, I, I went for a 15 days trial. Oh, okay. Good. You're so smart. That's exactly what I tell my <laughs> students to do. Like sign up for it and click around and learn and you don't yeah. pay for it. <laughs> yep. Yep. And when I felt like, oh, this is not for me because it's, it's not that I have any, allerg- I'm, I'm allergic to feminine too when I see like there's too much femininity, femininity, whatever it is, yeah. you know? Um, but then I just feel like it's not, it's, I'm not, it's not talking to me. Like I'm not yeah. resonating with it. So then I close it. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. That I'm more of like a work. neutral. What kind of branding do you like? You know, that's funny you say that because I am never been a girly girl, right? Never mm. been a, sparkles and unicorns and glitter and all of that and rainbows I I do like hearts I have I have a heart Mm -hmm. tattoo I like the symbology of the heart I am totally a tom tomboy here I love sports um you know don't wear makeup a lot but I don't mind dressing up but it's funny (laughs) because my branding is all about (laughs) playful colors and I've really latched on to this whole unicorn thing because I feel I feel like it just um had the best symbology for Somebody who stands out, somebody yeah. who is unique. And I've had a business owner say, like, well, I don't understand that because unicorns don't exist. And I'm saying they do. Every single person has some education and work experience yeah. and passions yeah. that make them useful to a particular client. And let me give you an example. I had somebody in my world who had a digital course teaching like art history to like kids or something like that. Not my fields. Right. And she said, I need a VA who can help me, but I would love it if they already understood my niche, already understood my audience. I could help me with the content. And that's hard. It's not, you know, it's doable. You know, as a journalism major, I'm constantly like learning new topics and I love that. 
but it's so much easier on the business owner if they can find somebody who already gets it, right? So yeah. I said, okay, hang on. I'm going to check in with my <laughs> students and let you know. And I have a very small pool of students, but I do have I do have quite a few teachers. And I had four women in my course. I only have wow. 150 people. Four <laughs> women who qualified because they were teachers, had teaching education, had done art history, whether like in college or some other thing. And then I had taught them the digital marketing. And, and she ended up hiring two. She was only looking for one. And I'm like, this is the quintessential unicorn. Like I could never get that job, but there is the right person for her somewhere. She just needs to get up to speed with some digital marketing and, you know, VA yeah. admin skills. So, um, but it's funny because so now I have like unicorn stuff everywhere. And I just feel like it best describes somebody who is well-rounded and unique without being just a VA who's, you know, ad, I mean, yeah. VA is such a wide, wide yeah. general umbrella term anyway. But um, I do, I do have playful colors and I, I do mm -hmm. like fun. Like I do like to have fun. If I'm going to choose to work with a client, I want it to be fun because I'm choosing to take time away from my family and my kids. And this is work that I I just, I want to enjoy. I kind of want to have my cake and eat it too. And so my core values are having fun. And I think my brand reflects that. You would never know that I'm like, not a girly girl. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I kind of, you, I have a group that's, you know, completely female focused. And, but then I always think, but I, I'm, you know, deep and my God, I don't feel I only want to cater to women because yeah. I don't want to be that, you know, female, uh, you know, attracting only women. And there's nothing wrong in that. Like, but it's just, I don't feel it inside. You know, that's, yeah. that's the only thing. So I feel like, okay, I'm fine. I can have, oh, because, you know, I've seen it with different groups that uh, when you're only targeting female audience, then these groups tend to be, you know, with, with their branding, they're trying to yeah. be more feminine. You know, and they the all color. look the same right yeah, now. They're all yeah. have like whirly font, like the pale really? pink. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You just that's why I did. There. I did something <laughs> way different. I felt like at the time, I'm like, I'm gonna go like obnoxious over here, but there's still brands mm -hmm. that do that too. But yeah, I'm glad you said that because you don't you don't have to limit yourself in that way. Yeah, and I have poppy colors too. Like I have, you know, yellow shade of red and blue so i'm trying to in future like in near future play around with all those colors <laughs> yeah i like yeah. the red for you and i'm not a branding expert here but if you look at all of my business books they're all mm, red and i'm like yeah. something is happening and i think it appeals to like a smart strategic person there's something with that branding i don't right, know correct. about but I think that would be a good color for you. And it's the anti-feminine. It's like bold, whereas pink is, yeah, yeah. you know, subdued. So I, I like that. And it stands out. Like anything that I think is different than the blue and white that you mm. see on Facebook, like anything opposite is always good, I think, for yeah. like pattern interrupt and standing out. That's so. such a golden tip as well. No. Yeah, I don't look good <laughs> in red. I don't wear red. <laughs> I wear orange. I'm I'm a spring in my coloring. So which but, color are you wearing now? Like oh, a this shrug. is like a like a burnt orange. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it looks like it's look like you know the shade of of 
brown or something. I'm sure yeah. like or um what shade did you just earth mention? Tone. It's like an earth tone. Um it, I Yeah, think yeah, right. Like Burned orange, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I think that they yeah. mix the browns and something like that and that's how they created. I'm just messing, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I'm just trying to trying to sound right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not like the bold. Um, if you in and there's a popular football team that has this color, and mm. um, it's the enemy of my school. <laughs> so I'm like going with my enemy's colors right now. Kind of funny. So, um, how do you like how? I think the right question right now would be. Uh, one tip that you want to give solopreneurs, especially who are, you know, big beginners, um, how they should kind of choose the right VA. I gave you the big tip about hiring somebody who has the growth mindset, mm. but you're going to really weed that person out in your interview questions. And you're going to be asking questions that show you if they have a love of learning. Like you're trying to find that right person. And if you were hiring for like a sales team, you would want like the superstar, right? You'd want to know the, you'd want to hire the person who has like the confidence. And that comes, that's the same in this online space, even though they're behind the screen, not showing their face, they need to have the, have the confidence that they will find the solution. So looking for the right personality traits, like I see a lot of job descriptions where people are honing in on certain disc personalities and maybe uh, Myers-Briggs mm. ones. And I'm not a pro at any of that. Like I can barely remember my own letters, <laughs> my acronyms, like whatever <laughs> my personality is. But um, you, you do want that person who, like I said, will compliment you. Like if you know you are less organized, find somebody who's a little bit more uh, type A right? Um, who has that attention to detail. Because if you hire somebody who's also kind of a creative um, total, is it right brain, left brain? Which one's creative? Left brain. The left brain, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you hire someone on the spectrum that's too far over, like that's not going to help you. So kind of having that awareness during that interview, the, that interview with your VA to kind of find out um, where they are, one of the questions I like to ask to see if they are really motivated, because you don't want to hire somebody who's just collecting a paycheck. When you're a solopreneur yeah. and this is your baby, you want someone who's going to be invested and help you. And I'm not saying they're going to like break all their boundaries and like give up their children for you, but they're going to care and be invested in your yeah. success. And so asking questions that show this are important. And one of my favorite questions to ask is, um, what course would they take? Like if money were no option, like what's the next course or thing they want to learn? And that will give you such insight to where they want to go. And if they haven't even thought about it, that might show you like they're not a lifelong learner and, yeah. you know, but they should have some idea like, you know what, there's this SEO course I would love to do, or I have my eye on maybe, I don't know, maybe they have their eye on like an entrepreneurial course and it just shows you they're going to, they're going to leave you, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. It, it, can, it can show a lot, but you want to see that they're like willing to continue learning because this world changes so fast and you're kind of, you're going to be depending on your teammate to bring 
things to the table when things change. Like what happened in Instagram yesterday? Like there's, or this week, it's like new live rooms. Like you want somebody to be able to help you stay up to speed and have that love yeah. of learning. So I think that's, that's why really I just don't, I just don't prefer Instagram because, you know, every time I kind of try to, you know, fit in and feel like, okay, now I'm comfortable doing things on Instagram, a new thing, yeah. a new thing comes up, you know? <laughs> And then, then it's like, oh my God, totally. no, this is again, it's just not my road. <laughs> How do yeah, we stay yeah. on the same page? <laughs> I, I honestly, I struggled with Instagram at first, like starting over because for years I was behind the scenes. Like I didn't promote myself, didn't have a website and just starting from scratch was so painful. And mm. now I actually like it the most, but it took a lot of pouting. <laughs> it took a lot of like whining and pouting in my head. And then finally, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna have fun with it. I'm just gonna try not to be like everyone else. But yeah, there's something new to learn. And that's always scary and uncomfortable, especially yeah. the first time you hit play or record or yeah. any. Oh, my goodness. But I like, I like yeah. your I like your images. I like your posts. You know, they're they're Thank you. Being planned. Like they, not just they, putting out content for the sake of it. You know, I'm glad you said that because I've started to write posts and I'm like, this is dumb. I'm just posting a post. And I, whenever I catch myself doing that, I'm like gone. (laughs) (laughs) So I I try not to do that. And then I'll have weeks like this week where I don't have a lot of posts. (laughs) Like it's Mm. just whatever. I'm not like well planned out in advance. I'm just not. Maybe one day I'll get there. (laughs) It's interesting because I, I don't see hiring out my social media anytime soon. But yet that's an area a lot of business owners hire out first because they don't enjoy it. And they, they sometimes think like, oh, my VA can just do it. But not every VA is good at it, right? Not every VA wants to write or like social media. So I think that's a really good question for that interview process as well to say, like, what do you, what do you not want to do? And having that clear communication and the clear expectation in the beginning so you know that you're hiring the right person. Because if you're on one page thinking, oh, they're going to do this for me, and they have no desire to do that, maybe in the interim they'll help, but they don't want to do it long term, Mm. um, that will set you up for failure. And so asking a VA uh, in in that discovery call, what do you want to do? What do you not want to do is very important. And one good thing to extract out of them is, asking like what did you enjoy most about this last project or what was the last project you did that you enjoyed the most and that can give you insight into how their brain works because you ultimately want to keep them in their zone of genius if you want to keep a teammate long term you don't give them assignments and tasks where they'll be miserable granted we all have other duties as assigned we have to do difficult things like I've been on the phone with GoDaddy figuring out tech stuff where I wanted to shoot myself <laughs> it was not the best use of my time, but somebody had to do it. And I, I got smarter for the process. Um, GoDaddy's always been great when I've had like tech issues, but um, yeah. you know, they offer great customer service. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. With their chat and everything, but still like just being able to step up and do that for the business owner um, is, is just helpful. Like, but I don't want to be long-term. Like I don't want to be, solving tech problems all the time it happens yeah but I don't want that to be my main job task I I, I hear you and I understand (laughs) I've been in those shoes 
I used to enjoy it in the beginning because I felt, oh, this is so great. You know, I'm learning so techy yeah. stuff. I'm becoming tech efficient. And then I realized this is not, I'm not going to do it all like, you know, for the rest of my life. Just have yes. to let, let this thing go. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's why having someone on your team, like when something goes sideways, mm. like that's why having someone now familiar with your brand and your your content and your tech stack is important. So when it comes time to launching, somebody's already there and could help you out because yeah. that stuff's going to go sideways. It always does. Always does. And way too many times I see business owners hire, like they come to me because I, I share job leads with my students. So they fill out their little form and we post it in our group and way too many times majority of the people are like, I'm launching next week and I need help. And I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it's like too late, too late. I mean, they can help with some things, but they're not going to be up to speed on everything. Like you should have hired right, someone yeah. way at yeah. the beginning. So kind of yeah. funny. I think, I think at least, you know, minimum one and a half month, you know, at least, what do yeah. you say? Yeah. I would say, yeah, going into the pre-launch for sure. Mm. And, you know, some people have very long runways for their launches. But if you know anything you can get ahead, um, do that. Do that. I mean, it's a lot during a launch. Like, just managing the Facebook groups alone and moderating that mm. and asking, answering people's questions. Like, that's like a whole person who can help during launch week. I've helped with big launches before in a support role. Uh, just doing Zendesk and answering questions. And it, it, it can be a lot of work, and especially if it's not your first launch, you know, like as that ball's rolling, yeah. like launch, launches get bigger and bigger every time. So doing it with like minimal people is just setting you up for failure. Yeah. And I remember like, I think you, you were an affiliate of Amy Porterfield's uh, course as well, DCA, you know, in last... Yeah. December, October, October. Yeah, yeah. So were you part of, were you just promoting it as an affiliate or were you also part of the launch somewhere? Like I was you? promoting it as an affiliate and I was also um, an ambassador. So a lot of times you'll mm. see in those large groups, it's really nice if you can have people to help get your students to the finish line. And a lot of times you'll see people um, either hire within somebody who's already familiar with their brand or they'll reach out to successful students and ask them to be an ambassador. And so the perk for me was a visibility, which was great. Um, B I got to see like inner workings of things, which I always love. And then C I was compensated with um, monthly membership, whatever that monthly membership was like, I got it for free for so many months, but it really, it wasn't about the money, although that was nice. Yeah. Um, it, when you look at like the time spent versus like the money, like it's, it wasn't the same, but it definitely um, helped. The visibility was worth it to me. And then um, it kind of forced me to go back through the course again and be able to answer students' questions. And I'm always amazed um, at that. Like just there's all different types of learners out there. And some people in the community are just very um, needy. You know, like they're more mindset driven and have those questions. And then you have some that are very like technical and linear and it's just as crazy. But that, that student group was honestly way too large. And I think that they learned a lesson with that because too large mm -hmm. is not good. 
you know, it doesn't get people to the finish line. It creates overwhelm. So I know this year, both her, both Amy Porterfield and Marie Forleo are not doing affiliate launches. Um, and I would guess, I don't have any insight on this, but I think that it might keep it more like the numbers down. It also helps yeah. with the, you know, profit margin. Mm-hmm. But I saw Stu McLaren, Stu McLaren is doing an affiliate launch still. So I, I'm always like watching people I'm like, how are they yeah. doing it? Me What's too. going on? And anything Marie, I can get from that. Yeah, Marie Folio just, I mean, her launch is around this time, you know, March or yeah, yeah. I think her, her launch, B-School, right? Yeah. Or the Copy Cure. I don't know, but both of those are hers, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. which one are you talking? Like you're talking about the B school, right? I think so. I was thinking about. I think she's going away with all affiliates, but I don't. I guess I don't yeah. know that for sure. Yeah, I, I haven't taken school, her programs. She, yeah, B school. She launches around this time and copy copy cure because I'm not interested in that. So that I'm not sure <laughs> when she launches. <laughs> like I don't pay attention to that. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. um, Tribe is launching. I did sign up to be an affiliate for that just to watch. But my, I mean, my audience is freelancers. Like they're doing the work for these people. So sometimes Mm. joining these courses can be a great way to scoop up the work. Uh, But it's also pricey. It's very pricey for someone who's just beginning. So not, my audience isn't really hot on buying these $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 courses. Can you imagine? (laughs) But um, I see the benefit in the perk. Like I would love to encourage people to do it for courses that offer community. Like when there's a community where you can hang out after the course is done, uh, I think that's the best place for uh, people to hang out and get that support. But right now everyone's moving to this membership model that forces you out, Mm. forces you to pay more, which is a great business model, but it kind of leaves some people with a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. So I want to go a different road for a second and, you know, try to, I want to kind of put ourselves into the VAs, you know, virtual assistants shoes and how should they upgrade their, their learning, you know, because freelancers or new VAs, they, like you said, you know, they cannot afford uh, $2,000 or sometimes, you know, even $1,000. So how yeah. should they upgrade their knowledge and skills? Well, that is a really good question. And I am always a proponent of a course, like very much so because it fast tracks you and it usually puts you in the line of a mentor who can help, right? Somebody who's been there and done that. So we know that that's beneficial. Um, and courses, you know, there's courses in all kinds of things now, but there's also plenty of tools and ways to learn for free, which is what I did for years. For years, I just taught myself stuff. Um, And then I put it in a course to do the fast tracking for my people. But I think once you have this solid um, understanding of what business owners are trying to do, just like very much being aware of what comes next and being open-minded to learn that. And I just don't want to see people, freelancers, VAs getting stuck in that land where they're like serial learning and they're not implementing and they're not saying yeah. yes to clients. Like they need the, they're going to learn the most by saying yes to the job. Yes to the client and just getting their hands dirty and doing the work. And then that work will open up something else. And I've built my career 
by having clients come to me in-house. They already knew me. They already trusted me. They knew I had a good work ethic and say, could you help me do this? And my answer every time was yes. And even though it wasn't like something I had a long-term vision for, I didn't know where it was going, but I always said yes. And it opened up new doors or I found new passions or I got clarity on what I'm not good at and what I don't love. And I've run client social medias for several years. I hate it, (laughs) but it gave me so I needed that time. I needed that experience. It's that on the job training. It's the time and grade that was invaluable. And that allows me to know a, what I should do with my own social. I can kind of coach other people or, you know, I can consult, but that doesn't mean I have to do the work. Like I might not actually enjoy doing the work. So I think that that's a misconception is you have to buy the next thing and you have to buy the next thing. Uh, The hardest thing about this world is paying attention and seeing what's updated and staying up to speed. So if you have a community, if you have a couple of friends of freelancers, like it doesn't even need to be a paid group where you're letting, helping each other out because it's too much for one person to know everything. Right. I think that that would be, I have a couple of students in my own course who have little, um, chat threads that they do. What do you call that? Facebook messenger. Like they're just chatting over there and keeping each other up to date. And there's a lot of power in knowing what are you doing for work? What are you charging? What's making you mad? But you can learn a lot of lessons from people, but not actually make those mistakes yourself. Like you can learn a lot. (laughs) This is how I got through high school. I watched my twin brother make mistakes and I didn't do it. You know, like I don't need to learn yeah, that's, that way. So I think that's, that collective, that's incredible. <laughs> that collective experience can make all the difference. But there's so many options out here. If there's something you want to do or focus in and you're a freelancer, I encourage you because there are such crazy niches for everything and everything under the sun. Like if you have any kind of marketing experience, you could take something you did in your past life and add that and make that your service. Like if I wanted to, I my past, my last full-time job was public relations. And if I wanted to just do PR or pit, podcast pitches, or if I just wanted to do like media kits, like I could make that my one and only service. And if I got really good at it, I would start attracting higher end clients and charging more. Like there's a lot of beauty in that. And sometimes that's just one course. One single course can get you there. So, yeah. yeah. I so agree. (laughs) That was a good question. I liked that. And we really have that fear of missing out when the next course comes and the next course comes. But I've been in some of these big wig courses or I've seen the back end of some and they're not all the solution. Like the solution can very much be like, just do the work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree to that. And, you know, also like you're teaching them a skill, but then like you said that when, when a client expects something, it's, it's not always that we have all those skills and sometimes just saying yes to the client and learning on the go is a solution. Yeah. Yeah. And like, for instance, you know, like you said yes to a client and you've never even used active campaign, but you said yes to the client and then you were like, okay, the the flow is the same, you know, it's just the same thing. It's just a different, it's just a different platform, but the working will be same, you know? And so I think many a times we have to explain we is, and even like I explained it to myself 
as well that there are certain things that need to be done you know <laughs> you cannot just watch a video and just imbibe all the learnings you yeah. have to kind of or start channeling it through but you just have to do it and then get the doing of it yeah osmosis osmosis does yeah, not make yeah. you good at it <laughs> you have to do it <laughs> and and every time i said yes and i didn't know i never lied to the client i was very transparent about it but mm. they they respect that like i'm never going to overpromise and i'm going to say if i can't figure it out these are my resources i have a community i have some freelancer peers like i have friends i have google and youtube and you know what if push comes to shove we might have to hire a specialist but they always if you can switch your mindset and think about like well what if i can't do it like think about um what am i trying to say here think about how much you're helping them by just taking this off their plate that they can trust you if you if you end up not being able to find the solution like if it's this worst case scenario there is a specialist who will do it for money and your business mm-hmm. owner can hire that person like it's not all on you every single time yeah. so that that yeah. can be very freeing if you're like okay think of it as a project manager some some points in time i might not be able to do the work like i don't know css coding i don't like mm, i could probably center center something i can center i could align left and that's probably it right now and but you know what there's tons of people who do so my client can pay for that yeah yeah and i think uh, just being honest about what you know and what you've experienced in the past and you know just being honest about that to your client is 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 i think the best thing you can do yeah because it's not going to put that much pressure on you you know later on that oh my god now what do you what do i do how do i say that i am not able to do that yeah so because you know i worked with active campaign but there's this like uh i remember a client who wanted me to work on zoho and then i was like you see if you want me to create automations and you want me to work with workflows and tagging and all of that i can do that i mean I'm, i know that zoho is is a um, it's a crm right yeah a crm platform so i mentioned that but i was okay sharing this <laughs> and i think that that's what helped they were like no it's fine let's just just go through just give it some time and if you can do it then let us know otherwise just, you know we'll drop it Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And sometimes they'll pay for you to learn. Like if yeah. it's like if you yeah. get at the point where you're like, "Listen, this is some obscure thing I don't know about. I'm willing to learn it, but you're going to have to invest in me and like you're going to pay me to learn it." Now, other platforms, mm-hmm. you might take the time to watch those videos, but it's something you can apply to many clients that, you know, that's like a different scenario. So, kind of use your judgment on that, but Um yeah. one other thing I teach my students too like that first time you do something it might take you double right but you don't charge your clients yeah. double like you you do eat that cost but you you can't stress about it if it's something you can apply and you learn from and then you just get quicker and I'm sure you've heard that analogy of the locksmith who you yeah. pay $300 to show up to fix your lock and he does it like this but that's because he has years of training and experience and just because he can do something fast doesn't mean he needs to um discount his services or you know charge less like he's put a lot of effort into getting up to that skill and that's what you're doing and you're in that phase we're kind of always in that phase 
But Mm -hmm. all of that will build up and make you a more powerful unicorn because you just get more and more skills and then you can start charging more for your time when you know and can implement. Yeah. So I think that brings me to like a question popped in my mind. How much time do you think a, a person should spend or like a we should spend learning a skill and just just to get the feel of it, whether they can do it or not? Like, you oh, know, like that's, that's so good. for instance, some someone's asked me to manage their social media. And then let's say they want me to manage their YouTube and Instagram and LinkedIn and everything. And I'm comfortable. I'm okay with um, YouTube. I'm okay with Instagram, but I'm not okay with LinkedIn. So before I commit to them, how much time should I spend on, you know, LinkedIn so that it's not uh, like I don't lose on my time. I don't kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you get that, right? So Are you offering package pricing? Is, are you doing that for your services? at this point me yeah, yeah. I'm doing that <laughs> yeah. yeah so that so. makes it it does make it harder it makes it a lot harder if you haven't had that time doing some hourly work to figure it out but um I think I would start with asking my peers like what they do and what their normal packages are or do do some spying <laughs> there's a lot of people <laughs> on the on the internet who post their rates and prices it can give you an idea but um I don't know. See, I'm the type of person who would just do it and say, Hey, I'm going to do, you know, dedicate like so many posts and, you know, add 20%, right. For extra time it might take and just go with it and say like, we might have to revisit this rate. But I think if you can do the other social media, you could do LinkedIn. I don't think it's that much different. I mean, there's a lot of more native things you have to do there that take. I'm cutting you. I'm cutting you. I was just giving you an example yeah. you know, scenario. Yeah. <laughs> Hypothetical like, scenario. <laughs> what I would like to do is volunteer. Like I, I teach you start hourly so you can get a feel. And then when you feel comfortable with that and you start increasing your hourly rates, then you can go to packages. So I would like to see you doing hourly at the beginning so you can kind of not screw yourself out of that. Because if you're putting yeah. in way more time and not charging enough, which happens so easily with social media. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, and then I like, if you really don't know and you're at the beginning, I highly suggest finding a friend. Everybody here has a friend who has a business who needs help. You can volunteer at a nonprofit. You can volunteer for your kid's school. You could do it for a friend's side business and get that experience. You could also be an intern and that, time will tell you how much like that experience will tell you what you should be charging how much time it will take I really think interning is a good solution because you'll build up yeah. your confidence and so much of it comes down to the confidence and then you'll be able to price after you've done the work and that time yeah that time doing the work seeing things go wrong because sometimes we give estimates with the best intention and we're over promising and we're not really thinking about the reality of what can happen. Or sometimes you think, Oh, like social media is not that hard, but then your client's photos aren't organized. Right. Mm. Are you having to go down like rabbit holes of finding images and designing graphics? And you didn't really think about some of that stuff that changes from business owner to business owner. So I like the hourly moving into the package pricing, but I also really like messing up on your friends, (laughs) like volunteering (laughs) 
and working out your kinks there and especially with anything new, but yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. I like the idea of, you know, interning and kind of asking your friends and just maybe, you know, asking people in your community if they can do it or if they can teach you in less time, you know, and, yeah. you know, do all of that. And you can maybe exchange a service or exchange uh, the learning. Yeah. And then what that yeah. tells me as a business owner is somebody's a go-getter. Like they're willing to do what it takes to get their foot in the door. Yeah. And that says a lot about somebody's character and work ethic. So it can be scary to approach someone with that proposition, but um, it, I encourage you, everyone here to do it and think about like your dream business. Like what would you, who would you want to be working for and go volunteer for that person? Maybe you can, it's a, a certain industry type of brick and mortar store or something, or um, I don't know, there's so many different niches out there. Like you could kind of combine all of your loves So I remember walking into a fabric store. I started teaching myself sewing when I uh, stayed home with my first kid. I just couldn't sit at home. I needed something to do. I'd had this sewing machine for like eight years. I never touched it. Uh And then I had a kid and we moved and I had to quit my job. And I was like, I'm going to learn sewing. And I walked into this fabric store. It was all these bright, fun colors and a lot of boutiques and pretty things and I remember thinking like, I would love to help her with her marketing. I would love to just be in this world because it just made me happy. All the colors said, and it's so funny because at the time I had one Facebook client and one PR client, like freelance, very like nothing serious. Fast forward. Now I'm doing Pinterest for creative entrepreneurs and I'm in that world. And I think like I could probably walk into that store right now and get hired. And yeah. like I could, I could have made that random little like idea, like a dream. Like if I, all I had to do is have the nerve maybe right then and there to, to explore that with that business owner. So it's, it's kind of funny how that could work out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all connected. You know, we, where, wherever we want to go, there is something unusual that happens with us and that connects us to where we wanted to yeah. go, really wanted to go. Yes. And there's so many job opportunities in our own circle. We don't even see like so many of my local business owners need help with their Instagram and need help with their SEO, like getting found online or like, you know, starting a Facebook group and creating their own community. So, so many opportunities, but you have to put yourself out there, which is scary. (laughs) It's scary, but (laughs) it could pay off. 100%. Yeah. So what skill do you think you know, a, a new VA should first focus on that. This is something that you should you should learn so that you start getting that, you know, cash flow in like ASAP. And because, you know, I think what made me ask you that question, you know, the, uh, the previous question is really, for instance, if I see that there's money in SEO, but I have to spend like, for instance, three months learning and implementing and getting those results then it's it's a big time for me you know because i'm not making any money but there's a possibility that there's any other skill that i can learn maybe quickly you know in in because you know our topic for today is quick wins and i know that we wanted to do it yeah. from the coach's perspective and we're doing it from the wheels perspective now but then yeah. you know that's <laughs> uh, well, i'm sorry for that but then like i mean 
is there a skill that we can work on in maybe 10, 15 days or a month maybe, and then they start making money? So I get so many job leads from business owners who are looking to hire. So I'm seeing what they need help with. And there are mm. a couple different areas. And I think the fastest way to get in would be to help with emails. You just asked me what tasks. So I think it's harder to get up to speed quickly on website design and some of the really mm. techie platforms. But the three jobs I see come in the most all uh, deal with that weekly content that the business owner needs mm. to be doing as the baseline. So I would think of like taking whatever you can off their plate and helping with that signature weekly content so the business owner can... I don't know, create their course, do their one-to-one work, like record that webinar, do the high-level stuff. So emails, blogging, and social media, I think are the easiest way to get in. So if you're more of a, if you don't have to have copywriting skills to do, to help with emails or to help with blogging. So you do, the emails are probably the easiest because you could learn a platform. And at the beginning, your business owner is going to be writing the emails. They're going to give you their emails in a Google document. You're going to take it as a VA and you're going to help them format it, prep it, tag it, do all the right audiences, have all the right um, links that click. You're going to kind of learn the nuances of their email service provider and you're going to be scheduling it. And then you're going to step up your VA game and you're going to track the stats for your business owner and not just do the minimum. You're going to go above and beyond. And this is going to provide such a service for them, even though it could only be less than two hours a week, it's still freeing up that time for them. But also think about it when they get into a launch, that business owner is not going to have the time to make sure everything's scheduled, right? Going to the right person They're Eventually, if you're a business owner, and you're in a launch, you want to be able to say, hey, send out this email here, do this, do this. And then, you know, you're doing your other thing. You're trying to get the sales and convert the sales. So having somebody who is familiar with your email service platform is so important. And it, it's easy. I mean, we've all been in email. You have to learn the nuances of how mm-hmm. that works. And I'm not even talking about setting up an automation for like a lead magnet or an opt-in. I'm just talking about the weekly content. And so many business owners are terrible at sending out the email because it's the last in the stack and they know they need to do it. So having a VA in place holds them accountable and you can get them on a schedule. What are we writing about next week? You know, you can get that content and kind of act up, act like a, a project manager. So the same thing can happen with the blogs. Like blogs are awesome. Uh, and then it, they introduce you to the world of the uh, website that your, your business owner uses, you start to learn SEO, but you don't have to write the content. Your business owner will be writing it and providing it for you. Yeah. You can design the graphics. So you get your hands you know, dirty doing that, playing with the back end of the website. So in the long term, your business owner can ask for simple web upside, website updates and you'll mm-hmm. be able to do that. And blogging, I mean, that's another two hours a week to just perfect everything and formatted and get the Yoast plugin to go green and, you know, do the right feature image. And so right there, that's four hours a week that you've helped your business owner with. And um, you start to learn their voice when you're behind the scenes and you're working with their words. So you can step up in so many ways after that, as you start to learn their business, 
what their main goal is, what their strategies are, how are they growing their email list, the VA becomes more and more involved, kind of becomes irreplaceable, becomes yeah. the right hand man um, or woman. And so it's crucial. part of the business, you know? Yes. But it starts yeah. so small. And at the beginning, it sounds so simple. And this is why business owners don't always hire. They're like, well, I can do that. I can do that. But Again, you've got to think about the long term. Like, do you want to be doing that when you're in the middle of a six-figure launch? No. And this VA will get this time and grade, could step up in a big way, be your launch manager, you know, be your content director, because they'll know your they'll know your business and what you're trying to do. So maybe yeah. if you get a VA who's magical and has magical, you know, sparkly writing mm-hmm. skills, they could learn copywriting. And to be able, I have somebody on my team, uh, her name's Deb. She can step up and write emails for me. And it's amazing. She's my own unicorn because she also does bookkeeping. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. But it's so nice because the weeks that I have that are insane where I didn't get to the email, she can step up in a really big way and help me with the writing or at least get that first draft going. Um, and it took a while to get her there. It did not happen overnight. But now as a mom of four during COVID homeschooling, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so grateful. Like, I don't think I could maintain this level of my business if it weren't for my team. And so on my, let me tell you who's on my team. Um, Cause I just hired two, two more women. So I have a blog writer. And she's been with me okay. forever. She started off just doing formatting and exactly what I said. Now she can 100% write my blog and know my strategy. And she's good with SEO. So that like snowball is finally starting after about 18 months of blogging. I'm starting to see the rewards. And then I have um, my, my unicorn, Deb, who was doing all of the things, but now I'm kind of making her... Um, not making her that sounds like I'm a dictator, but <laughs> kind of find her skill set and what she's good at because yeah. she is good good at so much. So she still helps me with the bookkeeping and the invoicing. Because in the beginning of my business, it would take me a solid day to invoice all of my clients. I had a micro agency, a couple women working for me. I would be up till 1 a.m. trying to invoice everybody mm. at the end of the month. And it's not that I, I love math, I love numbers. It was not the best use of my time. If you think about it, that was an opportunity cost. Like I was losing out on billable hours because I was billing Mm. my clients. So we got in there, does a better system, got me on QuickBooks. And that was, she was my first hire in that regard. But I got lucky because she's a unicorn and she has always been interested in creative writing. So I was able to invest in her. And I have put her through a copywriting course so she could have the confidence. And now she helps me write emails. And she's helping me build my evergreen webinar funnel as well. And then I hired somebody at the beginning of the year just to help me with my Facebook communities because that was sucking up my time. I was forgetting mm-hmm. to post in it. And I my, so uh, need my right-hand unicorn, Deb, is not really a people person. <laughs> And we needed somebody in the group who just was a better engager and she knew it, but, uh, so getting that off of her plate. So now we have somebody who manages my three Facebook groups and it's amazing because we share a lot of job opportunities and we get like five job leads a day. And so it's just somebody to just take that and post Mm -hmm. it every day. And then I also just hired a YouTube, um, lady to help me repurpose my videos because I was doing that. (laughs) 
and I was really? not doing, yes, and I was not doing a good job. I mean, I have some video editing skills, like they're okay, but just to have someone dedicated to that, uh, making that her priority every week, like I trying to put a little bit more effort into YouTube, although I'm having a hard time recording anything, but we take my Facebook lives and repurpose them. And now she's starting to give me short videos for Instagram and LinkedIn. And um, it's just nice. Things are getting done. Yeah. And if I hadn't have done that in January, um, I don't know. I don't think I could be functioning right now, honestly, just with all the stuff going on in the, the COVID pandemic life right now um, yeah. and trying to manage you my see? kids. <laughs> uh, amidst all of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You see, I mentioned, you know, uh, just at the beginning of this this call, I mentioned you seem like you've been working on a few things. Yeah. And you were like, no, <laughs> when you just <laughs> hire people and they are working for you. <laughs> I did. I did. And I'm trying to show up front stage whenever I can. I'm showing up for the, the visibility opportunities. I'm doing my weekly content every week in my Facebook group. I, I've had an interview in that uh, group for months. I definitely got more organized with everything because um, that's not always my, um, I like to be organized. It just is sometimes the low priority, you know? Uh, so I, yeah. this year I tried to handle it a little bit different because this last school semester was pretty hard. But so I'm showing up front stage and I have people on the backstage helping me show up on the front stage. I still do a lot of work myself and I struggle with that because I know how to do it, but that doesn't mean I should. And I definitely... Yeah think this has been the perk of this virtual school situation is I physically cannot do it anymore. Like it got to the point where I had to hire, which is dumb because I have my own people. <laughs> I have plenty of people to hire from. It was just, you yeah. know, all, all of the excuses we all have, I had them too. And part of my problem was I did not feel organized enough to bring somebody in. And I kept thinking I would and then I didn't. And then finally at Christmas, I'm like, I've got to change. Um, I had my best year ever in 2020 and I, um, but I work so much and I started with those SOPs. I started documenting how we do things, have it, have it being a living document that changes and is updated as necessary. So when we brought on these two new hires, they know exactly yeah. what to do. And yeah. I don't care. They can do things their own way. I just care about the results. And I care that the team gets informed. So the net, when they can pass the baton, the next person can do their thing. Yeah. So it's not like this perfect situation or perfect back end of systems and processes, but we're getting there. And I think this holds yeah. a lot of business owners back and is the reason why they do not hire is they think they're embarrassed and they think that they'll catch up when they never do. Yeah. And I think there are two takeaways there. One, that hiring can change the whole dynamics of the business, you know, even though it might seem like a small, tiny job or something that yeah. you can just do like, you know, okay, just going to take five minutes. I can do it myself. But when someone else does it, it just, you, you feel like, you know, why was I holding back on this? And now it just seems so my, everything seems so organized now. <laughs> You yeah, know? it was and then, it's freeing. It's so freeing to get some of that. Yeah, yeah. And you feel like you feel relaxed. Yeah. And the second thing is, you, like you mentioned, you know, documenting everything, creating SOPs and 
you know, and I think so many people don't think these things, these, these, you know, these steps to be necessary. But there, there comes a stage when you have to you have to start working on these because otherwise you're re- reinventing the wheel. You're spending time explaining others how to do the job and explaining them how your business works or your messaging and you know all of that. But when you have an SAP or when you have when you're documenting everything, it just becomes so easy. And it seems it sounds lame. It feels lame. <laughs> like you're you're typing everything. <laughs> silly steps but then it's so helpful it's so relieving later on yeah Yeah, and you have to think about what area of your business is going to implode if it gets any kind of increase right and I knew for Mm. for us one of those systems was like what if all of a sudden we had new like I don't know a thousand new students could we handle it no we couldn't we're like unprepared Mm. like how exactly and who exactly is doing what? Because at the small level, it's so easy to be like, oh, I can help you and do that and do this. But you kind of get too many cooks in the kitchen and things mess Mm -hmm. up. So thinking about areas that would are your weakest is a great place to start. And a lot of that for us too was inside the Facebook communities, like sharing those job opportunities, making sure like you know, if nobody from this group got the job, we pass it down to this job. You know, if nobody applied, let's pass yeah. it to this group and things like that. And client onboarding is a big one that you could um, have a structure for. One of the silly things I've done in my own business is getting organized is speaking events. It sounds so silly, but you hear never, never start a Google document from scratch. My, my mentor, Sage Polaris, told me that. And I'm like, just never starting a Google doc from scratch. Like how simple and lame is that? But it's so true. Like every time I have a speaking op, like I'm more organized. Like I have my outline, like what did we, what did we say we were going to talk about? You know, just all that background or information. So if I had somebody want the same exact topic that I just gave, like I'm ready to go. Like I'm not starting over even with my own outline. And the same with like client onboarding, like you, you shouldn't be typing that same email out every time. Like there's quicker mm. ways to do it and also have a way for your team to figure it out. So if you want to go to Hawaii, you don't have to bring your laptop. Like they, they would be able to figure yeah. it out and not ask you. And so you're, you're really kind of thinking long-term here about the business you, you want. Like we're all, we're all entrepreneurs because we don't want to work for the man. We want that freedom and flexibility and yeah. we have to start like creating that now to get it to work for us. So it yeah. is, I love that you said it was lame because I was late to the party, but I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed it when it was just me and my, my unicorn, you know, like we were okay. But when you start adding people onto the team, you've got to have them. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm saying it so confidently, but then I'm still in that phase, you know? <laughs> so it just, it's like, yeah. Okay, it sounds good, but then I have to do it for myself as well. <laughs> I have to yeah. start doing that. Yeah. I, I mean, have I, people on my yeah. team, but I mean, obviously they're not doing so many things, like just, just someone doing, you know, petty things for me. Yeah. Uh, but that SOP thing is, is just blew my mind because, you know, I think 90%, 90% is still, is, is uh, I think 95% percent of these new entrepreneurs don't do it yeah no and and it just yeah and they should 
you know, well, start documenting everything from yeah. course no, or anything that they're doing from day one, you know, they should just start doing documenting everything like this, even like, you know, so I'm, I'm, this is obviously an example, just an example, like, and may not explain the, 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 what I'm, you know, may not explain um, everything that an SOP can do for you. But I think, so for instance, you had a launch six months back in the past, and then there's certain, there were certain things that worked and there were certain things that did not work. You should document them because even though it might seem like, for instance, you shared a post on Facebook and it got five likes, but then you shared another post and it got, you know, crickets. So that means it worked, even though it just had like five people liking it or commenting on it, but that means it worked, you know? And so you should keep in mind that what was in that content piece. Yeah, yeah. does that make sense? It totally does. I think about when we have to change our open cart page back to our waitlist page. I think that's something we all forget at the end of the launch. Oh yeah, we got to put our waitlist back up. Mm. And how... In Kajabi, what is the technical code that you need to paste at the top of the header to, in order to redirect so I don't have to like lose that page and start over next time? But when you're only doing it every six months, it's so easy to forget. Yeah. And then you, yeah. you waste half a day trying to remember how you did it last time. So if you just take the time, especially during a launch, to document like how you do things, when yeah. you do them, what worked, what didn't work, of course. Um, but those little how-tos can just save more time. But then not only that, being able to find <laughs> where you wrote that <laughs> is all about like the beauty yeah, of an yeah. SOP. Like I'm so guilty of starting all these Google documents and being like, well, I know I did it. Where is it? So we're trying to get better at like indexing things and um, putting yeah. things in folders. Like I'm not like, I'm not pretending to be like perfect over here. Like I have a lot of room to, to improve, but at least we started with the most important, right? And we'll get there. That other stuff yeah. will kind of happen in the moment as we get to it. But yeah, <laughs> very. So are you, very are you also guilty guilty of creating 10 versions thing? <laughs> I, I think I'm, I've gotten a lot better this year, but yeah, because when you're idea driven, when you, I have a lot of ideas, like I feel like, yes, I, that is definitely a problem. And when I have clients like that, I try to at least get it in one place, like, so we can reference it and go back to it and make the idea work. Yeah. I had a client use Evernote and share me her Evernote. And that was pretty helpful. But um, I'm just trying to be more organized. I'm a big like Google workspace, like I love a good Google document. And I'm just trying to take that advice of like not starting things new, just being clear in how I document it and being consistent in the naming sounds so stupid <laughs> but like I can't find things later I just I really yeah. can't I have the biggest problem finding them if I don't start from an organized uh, place in my brain yeah I think we also have this tendency of you know uh, going into the creative zone you know every single moment we see that plain sheet of paper like google doc and it's like oh yeah. this is the time to get creative but it's not you just have to copy something from somewhere and then start from there you know, yeah. you don't have to recreate everything. Exactly. I like to customize and um, yeah. try not yeah. to recreate. And it becomes easier. Like I'm a good two years into my business, almost, maybe almost three. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be three years into my business this summer, our business idea. And 
I, oh, now I forgot what I was even saying, but yeah, I'm getting more targeted in my voice and my messaging and it's getting easier. But at the beginning, there was definitely Mm. this tendency to be all over the place and just giving myself that grace and that forgiveness. And I I see the improvement over time and yeah, three years is a long time to kind of figure out your stuff, (laughs) your messages and yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think it's still fine, you know, because we, I think we joined the party a little late, um, not too yeah. late, but a little late because people who kind of joined, I think people who joined um, around 2010 or 11, around yeah. that time, they are, in, you know, pretty, pretty good phase of their life right now. Yeah, and that's <laughs> funny because that's when I started freelancing. And I probably started really like 2012. Yeah, 2012 is when I got my first like big client. Uh, but I didn't know, oh. like I didn't know, I didn't know because things were so new. Mm-hmm. And I, I spent a good eight years behind the scenes. Like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't playing the game for myself. So I feel like my one big regret is not having that vision but I also, I'm not going to beat myself up about it because it got me where I am today. And I'm very proud that like, I've done the work. I'm not just some big wig who got lucky at the right time. Like I've put in the work and experienced yeah. it with different clients. So I know what I'm teaching and yeah. So I'm trying to stand on that ground and not go down the regret <laughs> path. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sure we can like talk on this or anything and we can just go on and on and on but let's just conclude this and you know to be honest I think you've given a lot of takeaways and I'm, I'm feeling that it, it's good compared to what we did last time it's so much better <laughs> oh good good <laughs> in the sense not that I'm you know judging or comparing but in the sense that it's good we, I missed the last recording and now we are recording it again and now we have so many more takeaways good I'm so glad yeah so I think if if some like I'm just kind of summarizing what your key takeaways and the golden nuggets that you've shared and let me know at any point if I'm wrong or if you want to correct me or you want to add something to to the list so if someone is starting as a you know if they're just at a very nascent stage of their business or, you know, a solopreneur who's just beginning um, their business and they want to hire a new VA, you recommend that they kind of match the personality and see whether this person is is the right person in the sense, not just fall for the, the testimonials maybe. And I know I'm just adding this thing, but not just fall for the testimonials and see whether this person is a real person and can do the job for you. For instance, you gave the example, if I'm less organized or, you know, if I'm an unorganized person, I should seek for someone who's good at organizing stuff, you know? Yeah. So, and the next thing you mentioned was, you, sh- you know, you should ask your, your the, the person that you're interviewing what they've done in the past and what they want to learn in the future. So whether they are, um, keen enough to learn new things, you know? Yeah. And then what's the last thing? What's the last, um, um, you know, the gig or what's the last job that they enjoyed the most? And what's the yeah. last thing they enjoyed working on maybe, you know? 
Yeah. So is there anything you want to add to that? No, I think that's a good part in finding and interviewing the right person is like looking for Mm, those things. And yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Thank you. And for for a new VA or for someone who wants to earn, wants to take up VA as a career, at least for some time or for as a full-time career, they should, and they want to make money, you know, in less time, like maybe in a month or so or 10 days or 15 days and have that cash flow coming in quick, as quickly as possible, they should focus on three skills. That is, number one is if they can help um, their client, you know, organize and create um, their weekly content, you know. And the second thing is help helping them with their emails. And the third is helping them with blogging. So if a new WEA can focus on these three things, they can start making money. It's that. Yes, agree, yeah. hands down. Yeah, so we have the quick wins for both the parties. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> the th- and that's what the business owner will be handing off right away. So yeah, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I should, in the sense that the VA should, <laughs> I'm saying I should, the VA should focus on um, quick wins in the sense that if they can create, you know, emails and content and, you know, do some blogging and uh, business coach or the course creator should focus on finding the right, getting the right person. Yeah. And there, and then there's so much to be said for that stage of getting organized yeah. to, to yeah, bring that sure. person, person sure. on. So, um, but I, I feel like the thing I want to add there is a business owner doesn't, don't let the organization hold you back. We talked about that a little bit, but you can hire the right person who has some knowledge of this, who can come in and clean up your Google drive, who can, organize your course content and create those documents that would support a bigger team. Like there are people who are really good at that. So if you don't Mm. have the time, just be honest about that and find someone who's willing to help you work on this long-term, right. And step up in that role of, it's really like an online business manager type role. So they, you'll find people who this is, they have a good knack for this. Yeah, I'm sure we can add so many more things to these two lists because, yeah. you know, and, you know, because we are, we do, I mean, we cannot deliver everything in this like one and a half hour <laughs> or two hours thing and everybody understands that. And I'm more than happy to have you again, <laughs> sharing more of your golden nuggets. But I think we said we, we helped anybody who's going to listen to this, this episode is going to get a lot of help from it. We yeah. share, you shared a lot of um, you know, golden nuggets and tips that helped me as well. Honestly. Oh, good. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is always fun chatting with you and it's always fun kind of nerding out about online or email service providers and like tech. Yeah. So yeah. I we just, discuss so much. Yeah, I love chatting with other people in this field and sometimes it can just feel so lonely, like, you know, doing the yeah. work and, my husband doesn't understand the words that I say sometimes about this world. So I, I love finding my people who get me. So thank you. Thanks for having yeah. me. I love chatting with you. You know, it just feels, it doesn't feel like I am, I am restricted to talk up on a particular topic. It's like, I can talk about anything, you know, I can, it's like you're, you're hanging out. I mean, not hanging out, but you're, you're spending some, you're sitting in the park and there's someone with you and you're just sharing your, 
everyday life and you're discussing your office <laughs> and you're discussing your business, it just feels so calm. Oh, good. <laughs> so natural. So natural. Oh, good. I like, I mean, I like this. I, I like, um, I kind of like the free flow sometimes. Like this was yeah, fun with you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sometimes it feels very like, oh, you got to, you know, say these four points and then you're done. And so I like, I like, you kept me thinking on my feet and I like thinking about like, what is the big lesson? Like, what's the big aha about it? Like to go a yeah. little bit deeper. So good job. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I think I you um, you created some notes, but I'm sure that we didn't cover all of that. <laughs> oh, my God. Like you said, there's so much. So sometimes yeah. I just like to have something to reference and, um, you know, not completely blank out when somebody asks yeah. me a question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I try to do that, too. Like, you know, just keep a few notes around or yeah. just create an outline of something. And, yeah, keep it handy. Yeah. Hey, before we go, I want to do a boomerang. Hold on. I, let me grab my phone. Yeah. Yeah.